0: Um, Yeah. So anyways, hopefully we get a few more people in here and we can start discussing uh, just general Decred stuff and maybe, you know, uh, post FTX crypto world. Uh, Hopefully more people get into self custody. That's where definitely this is going to, you know, it's a
1: it's a shame that even the biggest players in the space got wrecked by FTX and no one saw this coming like I just, if I ever, if I ever guessed me, you know, that no one really saw how I kind of had an idea whenever they were spending so much money on like arenas and nonsense advertising expenses. Um, Chang Ji and I were on Twitter and I wrote about it. I was like, I think this is the downfall of FTX and, It never seems to fail. Sometimes I don't understand why these crypto companies blow money on like really dumb stuff. And then like, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but last year FTX lost, I think, $300 million because someone posted a bug on GitHub before it was patched. And that caused them to lose $300 million, which was exactly 1% of their net worth. And at that time, I was like, okay, these guys are in some
2: trouble. I wouldn't say that nobody really saw that coming because there have been reports, there have been investigations. You know, people posted about um, SBF like a month before that happened, and I suppose some exchanges like this is not new for exchanges to to kind of flex their wealth in order to get more and more brand recognition. It's just, it's just that you know, this time it didn't really um, work out for them. I agree.
1: But I think people are going to be very hesitant to use centralized exchanges now. I I really do think we're seeing a wave of people that are going to be using more decentralized exchanges, whether it be however the spectrum is, you know, but, um, and I think that's a good thing, you know, maybe something bad had to happen for something better to be more widely adopted.
0: I think it was uh, Murad Murad, who said uh, this will bring it uh, an end to the bear market quicker than if it hadn't had happened. I think that's a pretty interesting take. Maybe if anything, we'll just see the end of some of these like, you know, DeFi scams and a rise to more stable assets like or, you know, hard assets like Bitcoin and Decred and Monero and whatnot.
3: You know, I think that macro is still kind of rules this universe a little bit as far as price action goes and, and bear markets. Um, you know, I think it's the elephant in the room. I, I We got uh, the war in Ukraine is is enormous. If it gets any larger, I mean, that's going to affect the entire planet, right? You know, so um, I think that's the driving co- cause of the bear market. And then, of course, inflation is another big thing. People have less money to spend on uh, discretionary uh, uh, stuff, you know. So, you know, things like this are always going to take down uh, and create create, you know, selling pressure. But again, I think it's macro that really uh, drives that, you know, drives the whole thing. I basically agree with that. You know, macro is a huge
1: part of it. And plus, during a bear market, everything's always going to go down. I think like, it's pretty, like a lot of people get, um, you know, really discouraged during these bear markets, but for these two, three years, it's like, you have to be strong to get through it. You have to have very like, uh, a sense of like, all right, you know, this is, it's going to be tough two years. And I always think that like, Hey, try to keep as much cash on the side as you can to just get by. And then two years, three years later, Whenever, you know, we start to see a new bull market, everybody will be much, much more happier.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think a lot of us overlook that Bitcoin's run uh, really happened during a uh, bull market for us, right? It was 2011 to, let's say, 2021, and uh, Bitcoin's rise in that time really uh, was correlated with uh, the the American stock market. And, um, and I also think that Decred's price is... Uh, correlated to, you know, the broader market, in, at least in crypto, right? And that, you know, I mean, we, we're all disappointed that Decred has fallen as low as it has. But I think that um, if you connect it to Bitcoin's rise and fall, you know, we see that correlation. Unfortunately, where I'm disappointed, I think we've fallen a lot further than we should have. I, I would have liked to seen us find some accumulation like around $50, $60. Um, You know, i am not basing that on any particular model, but that's where I would have liked to have seen us stop. Um, I would like to see some percentages uh, mirror uh, Monero's rise and fall. Monero's Manero, doing better, uh, at least against Bitcoin. And that's <clears throat> that's where I would like to see us have some strength is uh, uh, in Bitcoin uh, for our, our price versus Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, what was I going to say? We, we had a pretty uh, hard time just because of that consensus vote. Some people, some holders must have not liked it and uh, probably sold, which resulted in the price going much lower than it, it probably should have gone. Uh, it's just one of those things, that, you know, the protocol is adapting. Uh, we wanted to make that treasury change, I, sorry, that block reward change. And uh, I, I think it did have a negative price performance, but in the long run, it, it, it could benefit us. But yeah, it definitely does seem like the price went lower than what it really should have done.
3: Well, hey, talking about the block reward, I, I've kind of been a little bit focal, or at least I was for a minute, about sending uh, more money to the Treasury or having a higher percentage of the block reward to the Treasury. Anybody uh, on board with that? Does that, is that? does that resonate with anybody?
4: But if you think about it, there is enough money, right? Uh, we're not spending not even um, basically a small per- percentage of it so far. We're not spending it's very difficult to spend this
1: treasury money, you know, like, uh, a is that because the stakeholders are extremely conservative. Um, and then B during the, like, I think Tiver and I or somebody we were talking about this, but during the bull market, we should have been a lot more lenient with the treasury and used it to try different things and see how they worked out. But we didn't really get a lot of them. A lot of the proposals passed, you know, but, Some were bad proposals, I will agree, but um, I would have liked to see more proposals come in at least, you know, so if some were bad, then at least uh, we had a few good ones that would have came in, but
0: I think everyone would absolutely support a really solid marketing proposal. It's just, we didn't really see any, at least in this past bull cycle, I, I can't think of too many, you know, hard hitting marketing proposals that looked really good that got rejected. So the community is definitely open to new ideas. It just has to be reasonable. Um, the, the one I can think of is, uh, uh, what, what was his name? Dustin, uh, Dominic Frisbee's proposal for the uh, the documentary. It was, it was really interesting. But yeah, he was asking just a bit too much money and it would have backfired on us because by, by the time he completed it, it would be the bear market, which is now. Uh, so we probably wouldn't have gotten any recognition. It's all very hard to time because you don't know when the, the, the bull market's going to uh, start, when it's going to end etc.
1: And, you know, another reason why marketing is hard, in my opinion, is that it's a very much try and see approach, at least at least a lot of the marketing that I've done personally, like you won't really know the results until after you spend the money to try it. A lot of, uh, you know, the proposals that we've seen on Palatea are very much like, okay, I will do this in exchange for this much funding. But whenever there are proposals where, you know, the outcome is very uncertain, example, you know, being like what the ROI is for marketing expenditures, it's, I think it's more difficult to get something like that passed. It would be a little bit more easier if it was just like, Hey, we're going to do this for this much money. And if it works, it works. And <laughs> if it doesn't, it doesn't. Maybe something like that might pass, but trying to gauge ROI return like returns on marketing investments, it's really tough, in my opinion. You
3: uh, know, so I left this Exodus a couple times uh, on Discord, and I think once on the on the Twitter chat. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it because it was a little bit buried. Maybe um, if we're not going to hire a firm uh, to do our marketing, I think we need a, an in-house team. And it's always been in the back of my mind that you would be the fit for the lead in that in-house marketing, uh, team. And, you know, I, I kind of, the way I see it is that you're the lead and then maybe you have a, uh, a staff of one, two, three, however people, many people you think you need. And I would support funding that without knowing what the ROI is. Uh, because we, you know, that's just something that we can't know. But if we had an in-house team that worked on proposals, I would support work, um, there's somebody working on proposals like hey we are going to do um billboards or movies or whatever it is that we're going to do um and this is what we've been working on uh it's taken us this much time you know our rate is x right and and then you know we put it up for proposal i think you should get paid for that work um and before we even uh actually pay for the work itself
0: well i think one really great idea that's that's played out pretty well is the decred magazine proposal where um, basically other people from outside can come in and write articles and get paid. So it's not just one or two people getting paid, but a collective of people. And it makes Decred look really attractive when you say, Hey, we have this open project at treasury. If you want to come in and, and just, uh, spend a few hours, write an article, you can get paid by our treasury. So I think that, it, that, uh, initiative by uh, Phoenix green and, uh, the Decred magazine, you know, it looks really great. Um, Unfortunately, the, you know, the viewership probably isn't there just yet, but we're building out that infrastructure for it. But I think that's kind of the model proposal uh, for marketing where you, you, you just, you get funding uh, to, to, to build something out and you can bring in lesser people. So uh, again, it's not not just one or two people that are only going to get paid, but what, what can make Decred ultimately attractive is just uh, having it just be this super open protocol. Uh, like to me, uh, like if you're a contractor for deep, if you're getting paid by the treasury, it makes you, it makes a, uh, I guess other people can comment on this, but it makes it the, the experience like being involved in decred so much better. And I know Ronnie, you've uh, written articles for deep magazine. I, I don't know if you want to comment on that or something.
3: Well, uh, so I, I like where you're going with that. First of all, I mean, um, right now I am trying to write a, a request for proposal for marketing and, um, uh, proposal. Um, so that, that kind of fits what you just said. And I do feel pretty empowered being able to, uh, submit something to Phoenix and, and have him look it over and then, uh, and then get paid on that. And, uh, I, I, so yeah, I, I, um, I agree with you there that if we're structuring marketing, a, a marketing team, that would be maybe the way to structure it. Yeah.
0: So it's like, what if, if you, if you had an open proposal, uh, like, uh, and, what if someone who really understood marketing saw the proposal said, Hey, I can contribute, I can help market decred and you can just bring them in. So back in like um, 2018 or uh, 2018, 2019, we would have these big marketing proposals for like the entire year where they would authorize hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this money was primarily used at events, which unfortunately didn't really result in anything. But I think the the idea behind it of just having a big uh, budget for the year is a lot better and easier than, than having to go in and submit a small proposal for every little thing. I don't know. What, what do you Got guys it. think about that? Yeah. I, I'm not saying I, we need I, hundreds I of thousands of dollars. I'm just saying it'd be nice just to have a marketing budget for if someone had a really cool idea, it wouldn't just get, Oh, we need a proposal. So we're not going to actually do it because you know, submitting a proposal takes time and, and whatever.
4: Actually, this was
1: partly uh, the motivation behind, one of the proposals that I abandoned that, um, you know, I, I kind of thought that it was important to have a pool of funds that was available um, that would be able to be used and tried on different things without making a proposal each time. Um, yeah, I,
4: I'm all for it. In this case, uh, someone would have to basically have a custodianship over the Months, or how would that work? Uh, I was actually thinking something kind of technical <laughs> like multi sig. Oh, I see. I see.
0: You could just have a maximum billable budget on uh, on Politea that you could have, and you could just have people on the contractor management system just make sure the billing is in line, uh, so people aren't just going crazy with billing, and, and that that every, so on on the contractor management system, every time you bill, there's a line item you bill against. So it's very clear how many hours you spent towards that item. Uh, so it's it's a very uh, specific system. It's, it, you know, it, it's pretty difficult to game
4: it. Oh, so this would use the contractor system to pay for everything? Well, I mean, yeah.
0: Like, yeah. That's the beauty of the system. We already have that infrastructure for all that to work. Like, if you look at Deep Red Magazine, they, they use a contractor management system. They don't just give Phoenix a bunch of money; then he individually
4: pays everyone. At least I don't that's think. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's how it. That's how it works. That's that's how it could work for marketing too. I'm sure. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to, just going back a little bit to, uh, FTX, I just wanted to say that I think uh, it's much better that it happened now, because I think FTX was hoping, to make it work until the next bull market. And they were hoping that once the bull market comes back, nobody nobody will notice what they're doing. And I think it's maybe even possible. It's it, it's true. And um, so that's why I think it's good that it happened now. And uh, and I think the narrative now is possible. It will go back to more what was what the crypto narrative was in 2013, 14, 15. So uh, So the
0: the question is, how do we capitalize on on that narrative shift?
4: Exactly. So it will be about cryptocurrencies again, not, not about the so-called crypto industry. So this industry thing is dying, I think, actually. You know, I'm uh, still
1: very bullish on like true cryptocurrencies. Like, you know, as, as we're saying, like, um, the, the three that I, I originally really loved, like I still do, is uh, Bitcoin, Monero, and Decred. And those three have like such a, such like a, they, they cooperate very well alongside a rich portfolio. But I think that some of my like thesis uh, around Decred, I feel like they, they'll play out when shit really hits the fan. Like, let's just say if um, if in the event, if there's ever like cloud provider outages, and I think that's a solid risk that, um, you know, maybe in the next, within the next five years, we may see widespread outages on cloud providers and stuff like that. We're going to see like 75% of these crypto projects go down. But the true blockchains that had very strong consensus mechanisms, such as Bitcoin, proof of work, such as Monero, you know, proof of work, random X, and then Decred is, uh, you know, proof of work and proof of stake hybrid. I really think that these blockchains are the ones that will survive. A lot of these chains that like other chains that Ethereum and things like that, let's just say they rely so heavily on cloud architecture. I'm kind of bearish on that in the event if something systemic happens like cloud provider outages.
4: Oh, that's a very interesting perspective. Yeah. It's true. So anyway, they, I think we'll go back to the roots. Like you're saying, the roots are, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, not a not an industry, but uh, about sovereignty and self-custody and um, and now the, the chance is to uh, basically uh, tell people about our decks. That's one thing, and about other DEXs, but since uh, many of us are Decred people here, I mentioned the Decred DEX. But because it's special also, because it has native Bitcoin, and I think that's a a rarity if I'm not mistaken. Maybe there is just one other DEX that has also native Bitcoin. Uh, So there is a plethora of uh, Ethereum DEXs, but uh, this one is pretty uh, unique. If we look at the, comment? sorry, yes. If we look at the spectrum of
1: decentralization amongst dexes, you know, still DCR dex is probably the gold standard in that decentralization spectrum because it's using atomic swaps. Because you know um, your coins aren't leaving your wallet until basically the other transaction is signed for you to reserve receive the funds. And, exactly. and, and, you know, I, I think that for people that absolutely need that sec- level of security or that level of decentralization, there's still nothing that beats atomic swaps. But I think one of the things is, is that many of the users probably don't need that level of uh, decentralization and they would probably trade off a little bit of usability and, and ease, I guess in order to facilitate still amongst that spectrum.
0: Yeah, the DEX is is shaping up really well. And by the way, for those who don't know, there is a Dogecoin Bitcoin pair on the DEX that uh, the market just went live. So people are trading that now, which is really cool. So hopefully uh, we see a few more pairs, uh, including uh, Ethereum assets like uh, stable coins in the DEX, I think is going to be the the big thing to look forward to. And uh, I know they put a lot of work into it, They did the contract uh, Ethereum uh, contract audit a while back. Well, it was a few months ago. It feels like a while back. So definitely, uh, Dex is just going to get better and better, which is really cool to see.
3: Um, Well, by the way, if 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 anyone,
0: so I was just going to say, if anyone else would like to speak, uh, just let me know because I can invite you to be a speaker.
3: But go ahead, Ronnie. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, Blockstream has—I uh, I think it's either five or six satellites uh, in space that, if you connect, if you have an uh, an antenna that can connect to those satellites, you can bypass the internet entirely and uh, and transact on the uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin blockchain. I think that's—I uh, think piggybacking on FTS FTSMN. Um, Fast, normal, is that what (laughs) Um, uh, Idea of cloud systems imploding. I I think that's a very reality that we're going to see maybe by the end of this decade. I I feel that way myself. So uh, I guess with our mesh network, is that how we bypass um, uh, that issue? I I really
1: think that, uh, you know, the the mesh network, possibly, I don't know too much about the mesh network, but just the fact that decrypt is very lightweight to run, um, you know, it's, it doesn't take up like, you know, terabytes of hard drive space and relatively uh, low resource intensive for for, in an event where let's just say there was like um, cloud provider outages or even, even internet outages, you know, I'm kind of, like clumping, putting both of those in the same thing. But um, in that event, it, it wouldn't be too difficult for at least a few nodes to still be up. You know, people could use things like Starlink. Um, I just started experimenting with Starlink. Actually, I, I have one. And, uh, you know, for this, same, for this same topic that we're talking about, uh, I'm working on this farm project where it's basically an off-grid project where it has its own off-grid power. It's got multiple connectivity and communications redundancy, and Starlink is one of them. So in the event where if ISPs or cloud providers will go down, I still think it would be very easy for Decred blockchain to continue running with just a handful of people that are able to still access and connect um, connect to the network.
3: Can you explain Starlink to me? I've, I've heard people talk about it in like the last six months or so. And I, I don't know anything about it.
1: Yeah. So it's basically like, um, Elon Musk created a company called SpaceX and SpaceX has, um, gotten into the internet service provider game. Basically Starlink is, uh, they have satellites in the sky and then you have, a uh, you have one device on site, which is like kind of like the satellite receiver. It's very small, very easy to set up. And I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with traditional, like uh, setting up dishes and pointing them in the right direction and things like that. But Starlink is pretty cool because it'll automatically just find where the signal's coming from. You don't really have to point it yourself either. I think that's great. And on in a rural area on the farm, we're getting like, 200 megabytes per second down and like sometimes even 100 up and for a place that was very difficult to even get traditional like AT&T Spectrum Charter to come out and run lines to that area, it's just a game changer for rural areas for internet access.
4: Wow, I'm surprised actually that the upload is so good.
1: Me too. I was... Like I run speed tests just because it's so cool to see how how much of an upload speed I can get
4: in this area. Yeah! Wow. I mean, I would expect download to be good, but upload—wow! I had no idea.
3: Well, I'm glad I asked. I uh, I, I just pulled it up on the internet myself. Um, I, I I.
4: So I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this this how to make uh, everything more anti fragile by. Like you said, if cloud uh, cloud infrastructure goes down, this is really good long-term thinking. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the DEX is basically uh, I think the the possibility to basically protect yourself against these price fluctuations with stable coins again, when um, without using a sex, uh, without using a, a centralized exchange, I think it's um, it's really important. I mean, for those of us who are really paranoid about centralized exchanges, but at the same time, there is no way to protect yourself against this massive fluctuation So that would be really a big one for me personally. So I'm really looking forward to uh, stable coins on the decks. By the way, uh, uh, FST, if I may ask, uh, did that? How are things with the TorChain integration? Is that still live? I mean, is still leading that project?
1: Um, I don't think so. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the The priorities on um, TorChain are a little bit different. They're really trying to integrate with uh, the most largest economic cryptos and trying to prioritize those first. Um, I I'm kind of. I really don't think right at this time they're going to prioritize um, integrations that have, you know, smaller market caps or um, things like something like kind of like the Decred project. I think that they're trying to really add like the top 10, top 20 coins and then implement their Dex aggregator feature amongst that to really cater to majority of the cryptos. But I mean, if like... Out of all the integrations, the UTXO integrations are probably the simplest and easiest from a security standpoint as well. But right now, um, that's not something that's currently being worked on right now.
4: Oh, okay, okay. But I guess it's in the um, basically it's in the queue, no, in the pipeline for later, maybe. Possibly, I think
1: that somebody else would probably have to pick up pick it up where it left off. Um,
2: oh, okay. I see, I see. Is there any idea what made them change their priorities? Pardon me? Uh, any idea why they've changed, uh, their priorities as to what coins or what projects they were going to integrate first? Because they, well, as far as I understand, they used to be pretty open. And now you're saying that they're prioritizing the, uh, bigger market caps, uh, first.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very fluid roadmap that ThorChain has. You know, I don't want to, um, like kind of hijack the conversation too much about that project in the Decred chat, but, um, to keep it, to keep it short, I'd say that, um, you know, over the last year, um, let's just say, for example, I started the Decred integration right before the 2021 hacks that happened on ThorChain. Then after those hacks, after those exploits happened, they, um, you know, they doubled down on security. They basically did a lot of other stuff. And at that point, that was kind of when the priorities changed. It, it went from, um, you know, like focusing on security first. And then at that time, Terra Terra Luna was actually a huge chain that was, you know, seeing a lot of users and UST was being implemented in a lot of different places. So they focused on that, um, integration as a priority that took a few months. After that, you know, they they added um, like AVAX and some other stuff, but yeah. I don't know why, but I could just say that like the roadmap is very, very fluid.
0: So did you guys want to discuss maybe the uh, decred being used uh, by the Brazilian presidential candidate? Uh, to timestamp his government plans um, on the blockchain, basically, in order to fight fake news and uh, basically uh, fraudulent information. Have any of you guys checked that out on uh, the the timestamp.dcred.org?
1: I've heard a lot about it. Honestly, it's it's great that we're seeing such a political... um, like, you know, people of political nature using the decred blockchain. I, I think that's
0: wonderful. Yeah. And, and this guy wasn't a nobody. He won the election. So he's the president of Brazil. So it, it's really incredible. You know, we talk about marketing for decred. And then decred is used in this really interesting case. And no no media talking head talks about it.
1: That so Honestly, it, it blows my mind.
0: It's you know, it's like when Kathy Wood mentioned Decred, no one talked about it. Um what else happened? When when Zach Segal of of Coinbase, uh, who he does the listing for Coinbase, said Decred was his number one asset. No one talked about it. And then obviously this, I think this number three might be the biggest, the Brazil election. No no talking head in crypto talks about they talk about anything and everything but decred. And no, it talk about how sweet a good yeah, yeah. But it's just that like, they'll talk about every shitcoin under the sun and they, they'll just ignore like interesting, unique stuff like this.
3: You have to imagine it's got to be somewhat of an incentive alignment thing. you know. I mean, if you take coins like Solana and Avalanche, which are fine, I suppose, but they're, they're, they're security. I think they're there secured. are
4: many, like we said many times before, there are many secret decret holders. This is my experience from talking to many uh, for too many bitcoiners I know that there are many people who hold the Decred in secret but they don't talk about it um, that's one aspect basically you have all these bitcoiners that already know about Decred, already know it's good but they don't want to talk about it they just probably hold it and that's it and don't don't even speak about them them holding it but then another thing is that we have a we seem to have a we seem to be blacklisted a bit from uh, publications such as coindesk and so on um, otherwise, I mean, this thing about the about the uh, Brazilian candidate who became a president should be mentioned, I think, at least uh, in one of these crypto publications. It's too weird that it wasn't. One of the talking points
1: for um, whenever I originally invested in Decred, I, I think fair distribution of the DCR token is such an underrated aspect. And to to tie that in with this topic of media coverage, I really think it has a lot to do with the fact that Decred doesn't have a lot of VC venture capital groups that are publicly putting Decred onto their shoulder. And the reason why I think a lot of these other coins get so much media attention is let's just use, for example, CoinDesk, which is a uh, digital currency groups uh, company, one of their portfolio companies, DCG is invested in so many different parts of the space, whereas they have a financial incentive to basically like, let's just say they make an investment in, I don't know, um, Solana, for example, then they also have an incentive to push Solana News onto CoinDesk. I think one of the reasons why Decred doesn't get that coverage is because there's not a lot of VCs invested and there's nobody to really pull those strings to get these types of media coverages listed. And, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks that Decred doesn't get the media attention that it deserves. But to the point where Decred has a very fair distribution of tokens, I think that that's more important than having lots of like VCs in the coin, where they don't even provide anything much value at all.
3: So I agree with that, uh, except that at
4: yeah, one point... Yeah, that's true about value, but um, they do open doors uh, to to the media, it seems, right? I yeah, mean, I, mean, I, I mean... The projects that are VC-backed seem, seem to get a lot of uh, media ex- exposure, no? Um, yeah, I But mean, uh, you know, I agree, that's... in the long term, this is not... a uh, Uh, because most of us who are into the creator are are for the fundamentals so um, it's not a priority to us but at the same time I guess all of us want more people in right more to attract more people so um, maybe we should go back to that um, discussion about um, about marketing uh, if you guys want to talk about that more um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, the VC thing
2: is, I think, the glue that ties all of it together. Because going back to marketing, I wanted to ask what you guys would think a successful marketing campaign would look like. What, what, would, what would be the, uh, you know, key indicators of, of potential success? Because, you know, if we define success by, you know, whatever metrics we see, uh, from, you know, other projects and other, other coins, you know, uh, we might be working ourselves into a corner because I suppose if there's a project backed by a VC, um, their marketing budget might be much bigger than, you know, what, what we've got in the treasury, like, altogether, right? You know, they, they basically will pump their coins because they get them very, very cheaply. You know, they don't stay... Um, you know in those projects for for too long they cash out they've made their money they move on to onto the next one right so it's, it's a very clear calculation for for them and that's the reason why you know like you know, like these days like going back to to the point about um cloud services going down we know from experience you don't need to have a working blockchain like for example solana it's it's failed and it's been shut down how many times and um, it's still kind of in, in you know, in, in the public eye. So, yeah, you, you don't even need a working blockchain these days as long as you've got um, VC backing. Very true. I agree.
0: So,
1: yeah.
0: To answer your question on what a, a successful marketing campaign would look like, to me, uh, really just growing the community having more people talking about Decred, having a greater network effect because something that's something we really lack. We just, there's just not enough people talking about promoting Decred um, and obviously um, a successful marketing campaign would result in price increase, which is pretty obvious. Um, and ultimately what we want is we want more people becoming stakeholders. We want people buying Decred and then staking it and participating in the stakeholder ecosystem by voting on proposals, um, by mixing their decred, uh, voting on treasury spends uh, and getting that block reward. So that that's ultimately what, that's the metric that matters is on some level, yes, the price increase matters. It's, it's kind of a, a difficult topic because it depends on whether you're in the bear market or bull market, because it's what if you did some marketing initiative right at the beginning of a, a bull market easy to say oh it was because of this marketing and i think we've, i i know Tivra, you can maybe speak on this we we had some past marketers who were working for Decred in early 2017 and they kind of took credit for the uh, price increase but really it was like it's just how the market was in 2017 there was a huge bull run everything did well yeah I,
2: I, I, agree. I, I think i think all of those characteristics are um you know we can all agree with them but um. The thing I wanna know is whether whether we think it's you know, like, like these effects, these results are achievable on on, on on a fraction of our of our treasury compared to like I said before, um, you know, the type of marketing success we see other other projects achieve.
3: Well, that's where you know when you say a fraction yeah, of. I think
4: the key I think really would be to do it in, a, in another way, right? So instead of doing it, uh, let's say top down, uh, so from the top, for reaching these big media outlets, it would be to, to go from the bottom, not so to make it grassroots. Um, so to have, you know, <laughs> now it will sound a bit, a little bit con- controversial, but. Basically, you know how XRP has their XRP army, right? Uh, so my idea is, would it be possible to do something like that, but not in a lame, annoying way? You know, basically... That's... Like proselytizing. Yeah, <laughs>
0: proselytizing. Shining like, like... Marines.
2: But... Okay, sh- sh- I... Shall we become uh, decred, like, decred Mormons then? No, go and preach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think Ronnie. I think Ronnie had a few words that he was going to say,
1: but he got talked over.
3: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, you know, we, we you're talking about. Can we do this on a fraction of uh treasury? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if we. Let's say we spent
4: This uh, is why
3: I think I, cannot I think, hear you, Ronnie. I think What's I think that? He's trying to speak, but can you not hear me? Oh, uh, he's speaking. Yeah, I can hear you, Ronnie. Okay, well, I, this is where I go back to the block reward a little bit, is if we were to increase the block reward, even if only temporary, <clears throat> I, I would use those temporary funds to, um, uh, to for a big marketing campaign. This way we're not depleting the Treasury and – you know, we need the treasury to build. Um, we need, right? We need the treasury to do all kinds of things. And if we were to spend a lot of money on marketing, and then we didn't have enough money to build, that wouldn't be good. But if we said, "Hey, listen, we need X amount of money, and it's going to be a lot of money," because that's what these VCs do. I mean, if you take a look at, like, let's say, a sixteen Z, this is a enormous, powerful a fluent operation and we're not going to be able to compete with VCs and Sequoia's and in the and the paradigms and all these other hedge funds uh, that support uh, that support the solanas and avalanches. Um we're going to need to compete with them and it's going to take money and um that's where I think we need to increase the block reward so we have that money and we can go out there and even maybe hire influencers. I know that that listen that's what VCs do. They they have influencers. They have thought leaders. They have um, uh, uh, advertising firms. They have lawyers. They have all these things, and we're going to need to to spend that money to compete with them.
1: Yeah, I think I think, uh, I, I think yeah, one I'll, of the one okay. um, yeah, go one good example that we can use is uh, basically like, and I hate to compare, but you know, Dash has a good foundation for basically like, uh, how they have like a community dash community group or something like that. And I, I think that they do a good job on the marketing side. I feel like they can be a decent example for, you know, something to replicate.
3: what is Dash doing exactly on their marketing? um and one thing I do like about Dash is that they have merchant adoption. I know that's one of their things, and that's cool uh but what else is dash doing I, I yeah, if you could expand on that a little bit
1: I don't know exactly what they're doing too much, but I do see uh I do see them like you know supporting the community and things like that. I see their posts sometimes on Twitter, but to be precise, um you know I don't know exactly what they're tactics are, or what kind of things that they're doing, but I have uh, I have seen that, you know, for example, um, you know, they, they were pretty, for their own door chain integration, I really saw them pushing for that pretty heavily, um, gathering the community around that, and really lobbying for it. That was one of the things that I saw. I'm not trying to say that Decred should do the same exact thing, but um, I think that serves as a good way. I think they're working on other initiatives as well it's worth kind of doing a deeper dive and to see what kind of stuff that they're working on. And, you know, if there's anything that Decred can um, replicate to, you know, possibly get some results from that. And on another note, I think that uh, one of the best ways to gauge how effective marketing is, and I know this takes a long time, but, you know, at the, at the peak of every bear market, at the peak of every bear market, I think it's a good um, measure to see how big the community is because during bull markets, everything goes up. Like even shit coins will go up during, you can literally invest in anything and it'll go up in a bull market. But during the bear market, especially the peak of a bear market, seeing how many of those community members still stick around, I think that's the, one of the best forms to see how effective um you know the marketing campaign was to actually keep users into that community
0: yeah i would i would love to hear maybe more about dash's marketing uh maybe we can um, just uh you know do some research on what other projects do i think ronnie was right in that i think what's probably most effective is um, having these influencers, these, you know, co- in, cr- crypto influencers talk about Decred. But of course, as we know, getting them to talk about it is going to require, I don't know how much money, um, but maybe that's something we can look into at some point. Maybe once the, the DEX is a little more fleshed out with, um, you know, the uh, the stablecoin pairs and um, uh, Jake's new features out whenever that's coming uh, maybe that's something we should look into. Maybe we're going to have to, you know, put our pride aside and say, "Hey, we we need the help of uh, of these influencers, and we might have to pay them some decred. So, um, I bet that's something that the you know the community is going to have to explore at some point.
2: Yeah, just, I, I, agree. I, I I would hate to disagree, but I I must. Uh, I I think that you know, um, if we don't have a vc marketing budget i don't think we should be using those same methods we're just we're not going to beat them at their game so if anything i would be uh much more in favor of a of a bottom up approach and uh the the thing that i meant about evaluating like key key metrics uh like maybe i didn't i didn't phrase it um well enough i was more interested in, in in trying to find some some ways of maybe evaluating um you know like the like potential of, of a of a marketing proposal like you, before it happens like not not like a post-mortem like throwing money at you know whatever and see see what sticks because you know that's that's going to be hugely hugely wasteful and to go back um So talking uh, to to, um, influencers, I don't think that's the right way to go either because not only does that cost, you know, a ton of money, um, like these influencers essentially are going to be mercenaries. What do you think is going to happen to, um, you know, to to all the funds that, um, you know, they receive for, you know, for their services? They're going to get dumped. So yeah, the, but they're, they're providing services like, again. Very, very weak in, um, incentive alignment between between mercenaries and and the project. I think
0: right, but if if you start from the bottom, what happens is the marketing is just seen by people who are already in Decred, and that's the problem we've had over the last few years. Is that the marketing only is seen by people who already know about Decred, and that's a big problem. What we need is people who have never heard of Decred to learn about it, and one way to do that is to, yeah, I don't like the influencers. I don't follow them. Um, but I I do think that if they did talk about Decred, some of these bigger channels, we'd absolutely get people who had never heard of Decred to maybe check it out. And I think that's that's what we need more than anything.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, you know, I think you're right. Uh, but I, I just wonder if there is some kind of a, like some space in between, like going in between just, um, you know the already existing community members and and people who have who've like never really heard um, of the project. Like you know, is there any middle ground that we could we could yeah. try to, yeah. to like you know expand to first?
1: I, I yeah, think totally. there is. I, I think one of the topics that is going to get much more important is uh is the privacy debate. You know, and I like. I really think that Decred has a lot of room to shine here because it's not, um, it has privacy, but it's also transparent at the same time. So I feel like it, it plays a unique role in that, in that thing. But where I see, uh, where I see crypto going in the next two to three years, it's going to become very, very segregated amongst crypto. That is, uh, reg-fi, like regulated crypto that, uh, you know, that blockchain analysis companies deem as acceptable coins. I think that the fungibility topic is gonna to become very well, very big as well. And at the end of the day, you know, Decred is not, um, you know, Decred is traceable and things like that, but it's got very, very good built-in privacy um, features as well that through the staking mechanism can provide fungibility for the coin. I really think that these are things that um, you can never go wrong with advertising and marketing the basics, you know, the, the fair, fair distribution, the fact that, you know, the, the coin has privacy features and um, you know, it has a dex and things like that. I know that we, we kind of advertise this a lot, but I agree to uh, Exodus's point that, you know, we, we kind of do have an echo chamber. And if we were to, Advertise the basics to people outside of the, you know, outside of the echo chamber. I think that we'd see pretty good, pretty good uh, results from it because at the end of the day, the the features that this project have are, are are really unique, and you rarely see coins that have a such a fair distribution to where it's not like oh, like a VC owns eighty percent of the tokens, you know.
0: Yeah, I've attended crypto meetups, and when I tell people about Decred, they think it sounds awesome. It's just they've never heard of it. Um, so it it really is a matter of just getting the uh, the word out there. Um, again, the people who have who haven't heard of it, uh, the the bubble, the echo chamber is real, and it's it's kind of been that way for a few years now. Unfortunately, um, obviously, at one point we we did really try with marketing with events and uh, Ditto, Ditto PR, which you know. Uh, left a sour taste in all our mouths to to pursue any uh, bigger form of marketing, but it's something we you know it, you know it's something that 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 should be considered again in the future. I think.
2: But, uh, speaking of ditto, uh, they were a, a PR firm firm, right? So, isn't there a difference between like doing public relations and marketing? Like, it's so, not exactly so, the so same PR, thing.
0: Yeah, they made they made it clear at like very late in their proposal cycle that PR is not marketing. PR is just public relations uh talking with, you know, news outlets about stuff. So yeah. I mean, I guess on some level it it can be considered marketing, but it's not marketing in the the purest of senses.
3: If you think about that for a minute, Decred has never been marketed. And if we were to market, we might find some traction. Um, I mean, that's really amazing. And I think we probably have to have some branding, right? I I actually like Decred's graphics and and our colors and all that kind of thing. But I think we probably need to coalesce around a very particular branding. Um, We need to coalesce around uh, very specific things to market about and including, I mean, like privacy and our decks and our fundamentals, we have a lot to market around. So if we can ever get around to branding and marketing, uh, that's when PR will have something to give to these news outlets um, to talk about. You know, we might not have as much to talk about because we don't have any real branding or marketing behind it. You know, we can talk about fundamentals, but fundamentals is... um, not very sexy unless you put a nice, beautiful, you know, uh, coat on it, you know, or, you know, you dress it up. You got, you got to dress this up and that's what marketing is.
0: Uh, so so would you consider marketing a good form of marketing to be say, putting up ads like physical ads and say like the New York city subway. Do you think that would work? I do. I don't think that would work.
2: (laughs) I do. No, guys, let's go. Gorilla stickers.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm
2: not, like not going to lie. I, I, I was go, in New York City. Then go the Mormon way. Let's, let's just go very methodically, door to door, politely, and we'll see where that leads us.
3: Yeah, listen, well, it, not, works well, it, it works for Coca-Cola. It works for uh, Nike. It works for all the, right? I mean, you see them putting up ads in Subways. Um, you see them put doing, putting billboards. You see them, like, listen, what did DCG do? Um, they ran Super Bowl ads. Drop gold. Uh, you know, like, yeah, no, it works.
0: I'm not going to lie. I, that, I, saw, uh, I saw an ad for, a, I saw a giant Gemini ad in New York City once, and it was actually pretty cool. Now, again, uh, brands like Coca-Cola, Gemini, they're very well-known brands, so it kind of makes sense to market them. Uh, Decred isn't well-known, so it you know—it might not have uh, any effect unless you have some really kind of interesting eye-catching slogan. Uh, we discussed this a while back, but what if you had a, a, Decor- a Decred uh, – there's a billboard proposal a while back at Politea, but what if you had some really kind of uh, crazy taglines like, Decred is the better Bitcoin, and people are like, what? What, what is that? So that's that's an I, interesting idea.
3: I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think we could just put up a billboard and hope people um uh, buy decred. What we need is a, <laughs> a billboard that teases them, right? They go, Well, what is decred? Oh, it's a better Bitcoin. Maybe I'll go home. I have a link now to um attach to and that link will, you know, explain everything that they need to know. We need to have I, I forget what they call it, but we need to have a um you tease them and then they you know, they they uh uh, they try to educate themselves but we have to have those educational materials out there for them we have to let people know and if a bunch of people are on the subway and for i don't know you have a 3 month uh um you you, you pass billboards in subways for 3 months somebody's going to go home and and uh or or you have a QR code and they scan the QR code and then all of our uh marketing materials comes up there and they you know they, we can explain decred to them that way i mean that's the that's what i think I, I really yeah, have no problem with work.
1: Uh I, I really don't have any problem with these types of forms of advertising. I, I really just think that it might not be the most efficient way to use capital. I'll give one example is that, you know, about a couple of months ago there was um there was a brochure flying around on Twitter of basically how much um prominent crypto YouTube channels are charging to do a video on a topic. And for example, like if you were to create a campaign in you know Times Square or these subways, I'm assuming that you'd probably run about like you know fifty fifty thousand to a hundred thousand um dollars. you know, I'm just basically estimating that on um, you know like without any type of real research, but that's just a guess. But basically on this brochure, it was like these, these prominent, uh, crypto, um, YouTube channels, they were charging like 5,000, 10,000 for a video for people that have follower accounts in the millions. And let's just say, you know, you create a hundred thousand dollar campaign for advertising, um, for, you know, New York, New York's Times Square billboards or versus, you know, like, uh, YouTube if you were to compare like how effective a hundred thousand would be for both of these types of advertising I would really say that you'd probably get a much higher ROI from um, you know like paying these YouTube crypto channels because one of the things is is that you know you might pay a hundred thousand to run uh, New York Times you know for maybe a couple weeks or a month but at least on YouTube like after you pay, that video is gonna be there forever. Even down the line, a year later, whenever someone is browsing or something like that, they'll still see the video. Whereas, you know, a lot of these banner ad placements, like physical ad placements, they get taken down immediately after your campaign is uh, completed.
4: Uh, but the thing about the influencers, uh, I think it's like uh, Kozel said before, uh, they're mercenaries, right? So- basically you get someone who speaks about Decred and then the same person also made videos about Luna and uh, FTX and so on. I mean, that's uh, not the best thing in the world, right? I think also about billboards and so on, I think people were seeing a lot of, I'm not in America, so I don't know, but I think they they were seeing a lot of uh, ads for um, FTX, for instance. Uh, So... The problem is always saturation, but I like the sticker idea, stickers idea. For instance, Monero uh, seems to be liking that method a lot, and it works for them. Uh, I think, I think they, they use the stickers that say, don't buy Monero, right? And so it's like negative, like don't buy Monero, right? Because people are so already seeing this, buy this, buy this coin, so don't buy. Uh, you notice more the the negative, right? Don't buy. Uh, but then in the fine print under "Don't buy Monero," it says like, uh, I don't know. It says something that makes it says something. You want
2: like, to, don't buy Monero. It's 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 harmful to to the existing financial system or something like that.
4: Bravo! Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think that approach is really good, right? Because you draw you draw people's attention um, in a really smart way, and it's grassroots because everyone can go around and stick these these things, right? Yeah, I think we need, we need simple things
2: that we can do in, in large amounts. So,
4: yeah. Yes, I agree. I, just by the so way, you is- want to talk about something else? <laughs> oh, yeah. do you have another topic on your mind? or? Yeah, yeah I,
1: I really want to ask you guys. Um, I mean, this isn't related to Decred specifically, but... I'm curious, what do you guys think 2023 is going to be like for crypto or the economy in general?
3: Well, so I think we're going to get a lot of what we uh, had in the last year. Um, I think you know we got the having coming up April uh, 2024, and I think by the end of 2023, the beginning of 2024, we're going to see you know a steady price increase in Bitcoin, and that's going to you know raise all boats. You know that that tide will raise all boats. Um, so I think we are going to again. I think we're going to see. Let's let's just hope it doesn't get worse in in the Ukraine. If it stays where we are right now. I think the economy stays where we are right now. But the halving, I think we're going to see, a, you know, a, a pre-halving rally and a post-halving uh, pump. Nice.
4: Uh, yeah. First, sorry. Uh, go ahead. go ahead. No, I don't have anything to say. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than uh, than uh, the average average. Uh, um, no, I don't know actually what's the average consensus right now but I think I'm slightly more optimistic than what I see mostly on Twitter um, except for instance like uh, I saw Murad and uh, Chris Berniski are also Chris Berniski also maybe even more optimistic than me but basically I think that um, I think my macro will start improving okay the, the the war I agree the war is a big question mark I mean that's totally impossible to predict if that keeps going worse, uh, then all bets are off. But if it just, my, I think the higher, highest chance for the war is just that it will stay like, like it is now and it will last for many, many years, like this uh, uh, this kind of, uh, actually I think this war could be even, uh, could never end, you know? An, an example is North and South Korea, right? North and South Korea are still at war, right? Like The war never ended officially, so they're still at war. But nothing is actually going on. I think that's how that's how I imagine Russia ukraine will 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 end. There will be a permanent war, but uh, the basically the bombing and fighting will start. It will just hap- happen now and then skirmishes and so on. Because Putin cannot retreat now. I mean, they would uh, <laughs> they would uh, uh, they would uh, dethrone him at home if he if he just decided to. To end it, so basically, um, I think uh, the inflation data and CPI showed the promise. I think um, uh, these lagging indicators also uh, make me think Fed. I mean, the Fed is aware that these indicators are lagging, so I think already next time we could see we could see a lower um, rate hike, and as soon as the Markets see a little bit of um, uh, a little, little sign from the Fed that they're ready ready to pivot. It doesn't even need to pivot; just a little sign that it's ready to pivot. I think the, there is a lot of uh, capital waiting to enter back into the market. So I think um, I think we will see already recovery of uh, uh, of markets and crypto definitely in two
1: thousand uh, twenty three. So. I'll... I definitely think that as soon as the first interest rate comes, where they bring it down, yeah. I think that's going to have like one of the biggest pumps in crypto. Like, um, and yeah. some people say that you know the pivot is going to be, you know, uh, some people define the pivot as basically going from like you know seventy five basis point increases to 50%, fifty percent, uh, fifty basis point increases. Yeah, that 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 certainly can be defined as that. But I think that the day whenever. They bring it down for the first time. I think that, um, you know, Dixie's going to go down with it. And in that event, I think that um, crypto is really going to do really well. But one of the, I, I think that there's a lot of challenges for crypto as well. Like, not even based on all this trust that uh, just got eroded due to the FTX, but I think in the next couple of years, we're really, really going to see um, Bitcoin's problems. Start to become more apparent, you know, like uh, ever decreasing block size rewards after, you know, 2024. And I, I think that, um, you know, blockchain analysis is going to be, blockchain analysis and regulations is going to play a big part of yeah. what crypto is going to be like in 2023, 2024. I, I think that crypto is going to get segregated into, you know, like a regulated crypto and regulated utxos versus dex crypto and i think that it'll be much harder to um for dex crypto to interoperate with the traditional financial system like i want to share a story that just happened to me you know a couple days ago but all of a sudden i've been using i've been using this exchange for many many years and all of a sudden they said that hey um you know, we see that you're using high-risk exchanges. Uh, can you please have a meeting with us? And I thought to myself, what is this about, you know? Uh, I'm very certain that I'm not doing anything wrong, you know? And basically, they, they traced uh, Bitcoin transactions back, like, more than five-plus years ago, uh, more than six-plus years ago, to an exchange that got shut down. And because I was using those UTXOs, they decided to shotgun KYC me, request, uh, you know, like source of funds, request like a thorough KYC and things like that. And I I really do think that this is going to become a bigger problem for crypto in the upcoming years. I think regulation is going to really uh, become a bigger problem in the space and that crypto is really going to get segregated into two. That's one of the really reasons why I think Decred has a lot of room to flourish because it has a built-in, you know, mixture from staking to where these types of problems, for example, I was sending uh, Bitcoin transactions and they traced UTXOs back, you know, five, six plus years to an exchange and decided that, hey, these Bitcoins are higher risk Bitcoins. Whereas at least on Decred, the DCR that's getting continuously staked There's really no um, there's there's a very less risk of that.
3: I agree. I heard and Andreas Antonopoulos uh, speak to the same concern about uh, having uh, legal Bitcoin and illegal Bitcoin and uh, or regulated Bitcoin and, you know, uh, uh, illegal Bitcoin, which is, yeah, he basically said uh, exactly what you just said.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bearish on uh, on things like this. This is why, like, whenever I tailor my portfolio, I kind of have different risk markets, you know, like um, I love Monero, uh, Bitcoin, obviously the king, and then Ethereum is kind of like, uh, I guess I like, I kind of call it co-opted crypto <laughs> because, you know, m- most of the Ethereum validators are all creating OFAC compliant blocks right now. I think that... If if anything, they would. A lot of these uh, regulated institutions would probably be so quick to drop Bitcoin and just jump onto
4: the Ethereum train. Right. I mean, my, my problem with Ethereum is already the fact that you cannot uh, like the the time when they said that you can unstake it. It keeps uh, they keep moving the goalposts. Now now it's 2024. I think it will be possible to unstake it. That's a little weird to me.
1: I feel bad for people that just stake their Ethereum, not knowing that they can never unstake it. They basically just like time lock their coins for an undefined
4: amount of time. Yeah. Basically, they enter the like a hex type, hex type lock without realizing it.
3: I feel like I'm missing something in that whole conversation. I was like, what do you mean I can't unstake my coins? I I, I don't. Am I? What am I missing? I don't get that. <laughs>
1: I don't Wait, hey, did you did you stake your Ethereum? Is is that why you're asking?
3: No, I um, I no, I didn't. But I uh, I I just I I just don't get it. Like you know, I just I just don't get the. What do you mean? Like, what does that mean? I can't unstake my coins, or you don't know when they can be unstaked. Like, what are you talking about?
2: So, so to to explain a little bit better, um, I believe this. Uh, they, they did the merge, so they went on, um, they moved on to, to Ethereum 2.0, but right. um, they conducted it without um, enabling or, or, or first developing the uh, withdrawal feature. So basically, whatever Ethereum you, you would have staked, uh, you, you can't unstake it. And initially, I think the timeline was something on the order of maybe like half a year, Right. and they just now keep pushing it further and further
3: back yeah. so yeah this I mean,
2: is mean
3: that's not a shitcoin i don't if that's not a shitcoin i don't know what is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you can still kind of i mean you cannot really unstake it but you can still get the st right uh, basically like some um, similar to wrapped ethereum kind of and then you can sell it's like those a wrapped but, you know, stake ethereum <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. I agree. It's so weird, but, but uh, I actually <laughs> know a couple of people in real life that stake Ethereum,
1: like with the intent to get block rewards. And then they're like, wait, what I can't unstake. And I thought to myself, <laughs> like, man, like you obviously didn't do your due diligence, did you? <laughs> yeah. well,
2: okay, crazy. guys, uh, tinfoil hats on. There's been this conspiracy theory going, um, making the round saying that, uh, they're doing this on purpose because, um, you know, if they allowed um, people to unstake and withdraw, uh, basically another another FTX-like scenario would, would follow. What do you make of it? I, I think, you know, someone, someone um, said that uh, maybe like a, a lot of uh, Ethereum or like state Ethereum uh, was either... You know stolen in, in the um, ftx hack and, and by the way did you um did you did you see did you see the news uh about um the ethereum being hacked yeah it's being now, sold it, it's, yeah it's, it's now being sold it's like being sold for like some some wrapped bitcoin or something like that exactly yeah. exactly
4: it's sold for bitcoin yeah. but, but i think that you're referring to uh, you know who has a lot of stake ethereum uh alameda research so this... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah that was it, yeah. Exactly, they have a huge stash of uh, stake Ethereum, yeah. So... Uh,
1: I think that's just so crazy how, like, they just... Like, all the coins on FTX just got robbed, like, right after they declared bankruptcy. Like, it just blows my mind that something like that could even happen, that the these media sources aren't even talking about it. They're just basically, like, defending these two people and not even discussing like the amount of trouble and crime that they brought into the space. And they, they robbed their users. Like these outlets aren't even talking about how they just got robbed their users. They're just talking about, Oh, like, you know, FTX was badly managed and these two kids were running an exchange and they didn't have experience. Like, no, like what, what is that shit? You know, they, they literally just rubbed like millions of people maybe. And, I, I can't believe the audacity for these media companies to create puff pieces on it.
4: Yeah, yeah. I like the tweet by um, I think Sam Altman tweeted. He said like this week we all became uh, conspiracy theorists because I mean it was so it was almost like you know when um, uh, okay it's a it's a strange comparison but you know when Epstein Epstein was killed in jail uh, I mean that that was so obvious that everyone Election. everyone was confused. So I think this is. Uh, I mean, this out the New York Times and the Washington Post writing these um, articles, really... I mean, the craziest one is is the one that said Sam Sam couldn't fulfill his desire to stop another pandemic. (laughs) I think that was (laughs) totally crazy. Like, they, they didn't talk about the fraud or so on, just the fact that he wanted to donate money to stop the next pandemic. I mean, this is insane. And you can see how far donating to the right people gets you right but i think one positive
2: externality of of, of all of this is the following for those of us who don't uh live in the united states um you know there is um you know there's a lot of um how do i put it um bias in media right and uh especially for europeans it might be a little bit difficult to decode like you know which uh, you know uh, outlet is is more democrat which one is more more republican leaning and I think uh, at least I'm speaking for myself uh, that um, you know I used to I used to be uh, a bit you know wary of um, you know approaching approaching these uh, media and um, you know on, on, on that sort of sort of you know basis but uh, one thing that it revealed to me, at least this, this coverage of FTX, is uh, that, um, yeah, basically, uh, like, this divide does not, does not run, I think, or may- maybe it does, along, uh, alongside, um, you know, political lines. Because, you know, they're, they're not going to misrepresent people just for, for their political, uh, let's say, opinions or, or based on some kind of political agenda. But uh, I think it's now clear as day that uh, you know there are there are a lot of a lot of vested interests in that.
3: I-, I think it's clear as day as well. I mean, we're talking about not a billion dollars, but. T- upwards of 10 billion 30 billion dollars and we know a lot of that money was funneled to democrats here in america uh biden's campaign so on and so forth um you know we, we don't you don't steal 30 billion dollars without there being inside information and political uh wrangling so i think it's the clearest day as well
0: okay guys uh, i think we've been at this for about an hour and a half i think uh It's about time to wrap this up. It's been a lot of fun trying out the uh, Twitter spaces. It was a new experience for me. And who knows, maybe at some point we can use the Decred main channel and maybe get some developers on to talk. Um, So we'll we'll see how this kind of plays out, how the the clipping feature works, uh, if we can get some clips going. Um, But, yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. I don't know if you guys want to say any last words.
3: Uh, Yeah, I would love to have the developers on because that is an area where uh, I'm not – uh, as familiar as I would like to be, and that would be that would be great. So if we could organize that, that would be fantastic. And and hey, it's it's great to hear everybody's voice, and it's it's a real pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely sure. I had a great time. You know, uh, thank you for hosting the Twitter Spaces. Uh, it's it's always fun to you know just talk with the Decred community and see what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely be around for the next one as well.
0: Yeah, certainly nice to come together in kind of a more casual setting and just chat about Decred. I'd, I'd really like to see people just kind of doing the uh, doing this on their own, maybe. Uh, but yeah, definitely an, an, an uh, interesting thing to explore. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, thanks a lot, guys. I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this. I don't know, Tibra, if you want to say any last word.
4: No, I just uh, think it's amazing that we are coming more together as a community. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. And um, now is the perfect time because uh, before the uh, stable coins come to the on the decks, before the new feature is released, if we're uh, organizing more now, and these spa- these Twitter Spaces are one way we can do it, and uh, hope we can do another one. Your idea to bring some devs on, it's it's great. I think that would be even uh, even more exciting. So see you next time, guys. Amazing to hear yeah. you all.
3: All right, guys.
2: See Take you
4: guys care. Time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a
2: pleasure. Thank you for putting it together.